from Sin City. Vegas, baby, Vegas! It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Brian Blessing. 29-28 Cowboys, seven seconds left. Good snap, the spot. Here's the kick by Suckup. Is it good? It is good! Bucks take the lead at 31-29 with two seconds left. How about them Buccaneers defending the Super Bowl championship and taking the lead with just two seconds left in the game? I don't know what our producer Chris Bavone is thinking. The Pirates are 50 and 90. <laughs> Buccaneers or Pirates? Oh, the Buccaneers. I get it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> How about them Buccaneers? Yeah. Come on, really? I, I, actually, that wasn't ball game. A great game for them when 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 you look at what the point spread was. Right, and what the public thought hey, that they should they should win by. Win and get out of it. Win is a win. Man. A win is a win. So you know what? But but if I'm the announcer, I'm not. You well, know. you know what though? Sometimes you learn more about a team. I say this all the time. Even in defeat, or the Buccaneers, you learn. I mean, what we need to learn. I mean, they're one of the, you know, elite teams in the league. I think you sit there and go, Brady looks like it. Brady. Forget how old he is. And they found a way. They rallied. They drove down the field and won a game, winning a game that way. You know, ways you win games are things that matter as well. Hey, listen. Uh, along one, those lines, I'm, I'm more – not that I'm not impressed with Tampa last night. More impressed with Dallas. I was just going to say, Dak Prescott, it's funny. I mean, he threw for a truckload of yards. And I'm – Yikes. I'm not ready to go bananas just yet. Right. That was a game. Don't forget, the Bucks lost two cornerbacks That's true. in that game. And, and Whitehead was already out. The safety. And Prescott had a couple of throws. Should have been picked. Mm -hmm. But he played. I mean, listen, if that's the first game off a long layoff, you're, you're the Cowboys. He didn't look tentative. He was running. I, you know, if you're a Cowboys fan, you got to be, you know, saddened. You, you lost a really, well, tough game in a play. I mean, no, I mean, that's like, I mean, you jump start a season, you win that game. Sure. But Lamb and, and Cooper look really good. I will say this. They couldn't run the ball to save their life. With uh, Cowboys? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, re really, I mean. Tampa Bay was no great shakes running the ball either. And I'm just going to say, so the, the, the NFL rules are set up. They, they, they want teams to pass. They, they want the aerial circus. It's more, that's what the public wants, right? I, I don't think that the Cowboys really – Elliott only had 11 rushes, I think. So they didn't really try to push that, though, either. I get it. But, but still, nonetheless, only 11 carries, but 33 yards. I mean, 11 carries. I mean, he didn't bust anything. He didn't bust one. Okay, that's fine. I mean, not even a decent run. That's that's still three yards a carry. That's not that's nothing. That's nothing to write him about. Well, I, 
and the, the other thing to consider there also is that they were missing two of their offensive linemen, and including their best offensive hey, linemen. And again, first game, these teams are going to be something markedly different in three, four weeks. I think the Cowboys have to be pretty encouraged. They've got very but, encouraged. Yeah. If, if their field goal kicker makes a field goal he's supposed to make, they win the game. I know. But if you think about it, they were gifted. Okay, it's, it's a football game. You know, a swing pass, four net, pops it in, up in the air. Mm-hmm. Instant mashed potatoes, right? Yeah, Instant yeah. points for the Cowboys. A lot of good things. I mean, you know, Prescott. Stevie, throwing the ball 58 times. <laughs> eh, I mean... It's fun to watch, but I don't, that's not what you want to do. Correct. You got Ezekiel Elliott, and you're throwing the ball 58 times. I I, understand. I don't know about that. No, no, I understand that. What, did they win? No, but they. But again, the the, the the field goal kicker misses a kick he should have made. In, in you know, all- there's no arguing there. But but to Zerline's credit, he drills the one that yeah, mattered. Yeah, no, that, that that's it, true. It was a great game. It was. It was a fun game. By the way, did we even say hi to anybody? I don't know. Uh, did we not, say hi to you, Chris? No, we didn't say hi to the world. Oh. Just two guys just start talking. Brian Blessing, Stevie <laughs> Slapshot. We're with you, Sirius 204 Sports Good Radio Network. I you know, I mean, you might be a household name. <laughs> <laughs> Chris Bavon, how was your – Kenny White's joining us this hour. It's going to be great stuff. And Chuck Esposito will join us in our second hour on Vegas Sports Good Radio. You got 30 seconds. Siskel and Ebert, how was your play? Two thumbs up, way up. It was, it was so, it was amazing and just wonderful to be back in a Broadway theater. I mean, there was, there was not a dry eye in the house just for the curtains to go up. What if you were a really bad drill press operator and you could only do one thumb up? <laughs> then you can get the thumb up. Get the one thumb up there. Hi, hi, hi. All right, we're off to the races. Glad to be with you. The NFL season's underway. College football, a boatload of stuff to talk about. One of our favorite guests, Kenny White. KennyWhiteSports.com, ThePowerRatings.com. He's going to join us when we come back. Keep it here, Sirius 204, the Sports Good Radio Network. Lost in a sea of stats, averages, and injury reports? It's okay. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Johnny Cash? Are down life's rocky road. Johnny Cash. Walk bold. I don't know. Who is this, Chris? Hard. Y'all don't know Dewey Cox? Yeah, like I said, who is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's from a movie. It spoofs Walk the Line. It's called Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox Story. Oh. Oh, okay. oh, so you weren't wrong with the Johnny Cash yeah. theme. What, the walk what, 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 What's right. the actor's name, Chris? I love that guy. John C. Riley. Yeah, he's fantastic. All right, well done. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot, glad to be with you heading to the weekend. Quite the weekend. Basically, third week of college football, but the second week for most teams. 
and of course the first full Sunday of NFL action. There's no better time of the year. We've got weekend editions of Vegas Sportsbook Radio on the college side and on the NFL side. And one of our dear friends, great guest who contributes mightily is Kenny White. KennyWhiteSports.com. Kind enough to join us. Got the football magazine. Believe me, still info you can use all throughout the year. Kenny White. Power ratings magazines for both college and the NFL. By the way, you do projected scores, Kenny, for every game of the year. Obviously, you put them in a while back with the deadline to get it to print. But you actually had Tampa Bay putting up 31 on the number last night. Yeah, it's right on the scoring for uh, for the Bucks. Um if it wasn't for maybe a pick six or an, uh, a couple of uh, possessions for Dallas uh, that Tampa gave some field position away, it might have been closer to what the projection was. So, yeah, I, I'm very happy about it. Please, the college ones are hitting left and right, and the, and the first NFL one couldn't be happier with where the, where the number landed. You know, when we, uh, we've we had these discussions on our weekend shows, and we're thrilled to have you on, we had talked about when we were working together over at Las Vegas Sports Consultants doing – in fact, we talked about this a little bit yesterday. Thanks again to Jay Cornegay, everybody over at the Superbook. And your magazine was a hit yesterday, giving that out. Uh, we were talking about the box scores. In fact, I was talking with Jay about this, how the leagues and everybody's come around to sports wagering, but that Vegas was always the watchdog and that we had done the security reports for these leagues. And as we turned a corner, that this is now such a mainstream thing. But we were specifically talking about like the box scores, how you do the deep dive to see how a game went down. And you brought up a great point during the commercial break. The final score of that game is 31-29. I'm guessing if we were doing a box score report, you know, the actual score on this game would have been probably something more akin to Tampa Bay 35, Dallas 24-23. Because you had the Fournette pop up an interception that handed them instant points right after Dallas had scored. And then you brought up the point. Godwin's going in to, you know, ice the game and fumbles at the one-yard line, fumbles it actually into the end zone. So, yeah, Tampa Bay had a rally to win that game. But if Godwin puts that in, Kenny, they're winning by nine, probably right on the number. Yeah, that's, a, you know, a lot of ifs and buts, and that's the NFL and that's the ball. But, yeah, the box score final is going to prove out that uh, Tampa Bay should have won this game probably by about eight or nine points. Uh, they outgained the Cowboys by uh, almost eight-tenths of a yard. And the turnover battle, four for four for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, only one for the Cowboys. I've always said turnovers are worth four points per turnover. There you go right there. That's 12 points right there. You could say Tampa actually could have won this game by 14. Yeah. Hey, let me ask you, when you're making adjustments, and you've always used the words, every game is a snowflake. So you're making adjustments. This game, maybe this game played out that way, you know, where Prescott throws the ball 58 times. I mean, it, they were never really out of it. So they were just, not of that was Tampa was giving them. Tampa lost a couple of cornerbacks, and they said, okay, because of their personnel, let's throw, 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 throw. But you don't want your quarterback, and good for him coming back from a long layoff, to throw the ball 58 times, and Dallas could never get a running game established how did, do you treat that as a one-off, Kenny, or do you have the antennas up? And let me see what Dallas' running game looks like the next couple of weeks before you make an adjustment. 
Well, yeah, I guess it's going to who the opponent is. And uh, they uh, the Cowboys felt that they would not be able to run the football against the Bucks defense. And the only way they were going to move it was to throw it. Kellen Moore is very aggressive. He loves the passing game. Um, I'm going to guess that this is going to be a high-flying offensive team all year long. That's the way I power-rated him out uh, back in June. Uh, the offense is great, and the defense is horrible, and they're going to give up a ton of points, and they're going to score a lot of points. So um, I guess against teams that can't stop the run, maybe a game that may not be as high as scoring. But if you're playing against a team who's solid against the run, the Cowboys should go over. Now, why is that, Kenny? Is that last night we had the two offensive linemen for Dallas that are out. So did that factor in to not wanting to run the ball? Do, do they not trust Ezekiel Elliott? Why? Or, or do they just want to throw the ball down the field? What, what's, what's the reason for this? Well, I think that it was a combination of a couple things, Stevie, but with a couple of offensive linemen out, and you're without Zach Martin, your best offensive lineman, and against Tampa's stout run defense, uh, the Cowboys felt they had better uh, matchups to exploit with the passing game. They're, they got great receivers, obviously, but Ezekiel Elliott's one of the best backs in the NFL. I got beat on that one. I went over 52 and a half yards. I thought for sure, um, I, when I made my number on him, I made it 65, and I thought, I'm going to have an underplay. There's never going to make it lower than that. And when I saw 52 and a half, I was shocked, but I guess uh, everybody was right. Kellen Moore just loves to pass. Uh, I think it's more in Kellen Moore's DNA, maybe, than those two factors, the defensive line and the offensive line. Kenny, let me ask you if if you could uh, take a quick peek at the Baltimore Ravens here. First, they lose J.K. Dobbins, and they're like, okay, well, Gus Edwards, we think he can lug the mail for us. And then he goes down. And I know you've always maintained running backs, wide receivers tend to be a dime a dozen. But you look at the double punch to the gut there at the running back position, but losing Peters on the edge as the cornerback, those are two big hits for a Ravens team. What what would be the immediate impact in your estimation losing those two guys? I have uh, six tenths of a point off now with Edwards out and seven tenths of a point for for Marcus Peters, surrounded off about a a point and a half drop. So yeah, I'm down to uh, Baltimore minus two and a half against the the Raiders. And you know everybody asks me what's the differential you need between your ratings at making a line and the actual betting line. Well, it all really isn't a differential in the points. It's a differential in the percentage of those numbers in between my line and the betting line. And when you've got the three in between, that one-and-a-half point difference, if I'm getting plus plus four, the game can fall three, and that can fall, for for the favorite, can fall almost 7% of the time, 8% of the time. So that's that's a big edge for me. A point-and-a-half in this game between that number, it's a play for me on the Raiders. All right, and I'm curious, maybe you'd watch them for a couple of weeks, but would the bigger adjustment end up being potentially pace of play and the totals with the Ravens? If, let's say, they can't run the ball, that means Jackson's going to do what he does, but maybe they're throwing the ball more and losing Peters on the edge, they're going to give up more points. Would the bigger adjustment actually be in terms of what you'd project totals to be with them? Yeah, it could be a little bit. Um, you know, Peters is such a great lockdown corner. Baltimore's offense is still going to be outstanding. Uh, Maybe a bigger loss on defense. You're right. I'll tell you what, one uh, one prop bet you got to look for right now is uh, without your top two running backs and your quarterback's one of the best running quarterbacks in the league, 
He's going over his rushing total. He's going to have to run the football a lot mm-hmm. in this game against the Raiders. I got to believe uh, Lamar, and I said this before the season started, I think Lamar Jackson can set some records this year because he continues to get better and learn when to run out of the pocket. So a big night for him. I thought Jackson was going to have a big year too. The one thing is, though, if that ends up being 35 more carries a year for Jackson, that's 34, five more times he's exposed to injury. That's kind of a double-edged sword. Great information with Kenny White, Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot. Taking a quick timeout, coming back serious 204 and along the sports grid platform. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. I have no problem. Yeah, I remember you telling me that. Oh, wait a minute. I know I know this. That uh the big Lebowski. If the big Lebowski was a country singer, that is. No, I just watched that movie about a half Crazy Heart, right? Or is that got, that's it, Crazy Heart, yep. Yeah. I love Jeff Bridges. Remember the Fabulous Baker Boys? Great movie. He's a yeah. good musician. Yeah. Right. I agree. There you go. His, uh, his, his How Ray about Ma- that? Are you proud of my No, no. Well done. Well done pull. by you. Well done by you. True Grit. Also, well done by Mr. Bridges, the, uh, the, the remake. And yeah, I remember you telling me that you had... I spun some country music, too, well, when I was first starting out. Furlan Husky. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a... This guy, he's probably gone now. I was like 19. Tom T. Hall. I remember Tom like T. Hall. Concert, you know? Tom T. Hall wrote uh, Harper uh, Valley PTA. So we're in the, like his bus. He's like, you know, a fair. And I mean, I, I was like, they poured me out of the, poured me out of the bus. <laughs> this guy drank a case of half of a case of half a beer and went yeah. on the stage. And like, <laughs> I heard Hoyt Action did the same deal. He could put him down. <laughs> Kenny White's joining us. KennyWhiteSports.com. It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio. We got a game under our belt. Can't wait, Kenny, to see what all these teams are going to look like. It was just a good old-fashioned NFL game last night. So even though it was kind of a quirky preseason, both of those teams seem to have gotten a lot of good work done. I'm sorry, Brian. Say both, that again. Both, both, both Dallas and Tampa Bay certainly executed quite well. I mean, you know, like I said, Tampa Bay had, you know, fumbles. It was a football game. But execution-wise, game fitness, the whole nine yards, I mean, that was a whale of a football game. Both teams clearly got a lot of good work done in camp in the preseason. Yeah, I'm, I'm you know, I've seen the passing numbers, the amazing the stats put up. A lot of penalties, though, so maybe it was a little, uh, you know, a lot of laundry on the field. Eight, eight penalties Buddy. by Dallas and 11 by Tampa. Buddy, you and I, we've got our NFL version of Vegas Sportsbook Radio. And we're going to be on the weekend. And check my Twitter at Brian Blessing. I've already tweeted out the college version and the NFL versions. They will air on the weekend on Sirius 204, uh, 8 o'clock Eastern and midnight tomorrow. 
for all the NFL information, but it's on the podcast platforms. It's out there. Kenny, I don't know if you remember, I think I, it was with you. Remember I said, watch out when Ed, you were talking about, I want to see how guys call penalties. You were talking about yes, how, how yes, they're going to. I remember and, you said Hockley's son. Hockley's son called the game last night. Flag yeah. after flag after flag after flag. after. I'm telling you, and he always gets the primetime games. When he's calling games, holding calls galore. And a couple of those were big calls. One one was yeesh. There were two that were pretty sketchy. Yeah, this guy likes the laundry. He likes the TV time. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I think he's wa- watched his dad on, on TV so much. But, you know, again, maybe we'll say he's got a great eye that he can see these penalties happening before other officials can. So we'll give him the benefit of the doubt. But that's a lot of penalties. There was a lot of plays in this game, 141 plays. That's 17 higher than the average football game. Uh, you're now approaching. So the average football game is 124. Uh, so you're looking at uh 40, or that's not 40, that's 30 plays per uh, quarter. And they had a 17 extra. They almost played a a full extra quarter of football. With your permission, can I tell a goofy story? Yes, you may. Kenny and I were doing the high school game last night. So we're talking about. a story different from any other story you tell. Yeah, this is pretty good. Kenny will laugh. I can't stand watching anything I know the result of. Oh, oh, really? You know that. (laughs) So, anyway. So I taped the game last night. We're going to high school football game on TV. Got it. So I've got one major danger. I can hide from it. Well, Kenny's sitting next to me with his phone on all the time. It's not to look at his phone. All right. Or the PA announcer at the game. Okay. Who feels compelled to tell the people at the high school game what the NFL game was. Well, the, the, the PA announcer happens to come on the field while I'm talking to the coaches. Kenny and I are talking to the coaches before the game. And he goes, do you have an extra roster? I said, I said, I can get you one. I said, and I'll give it to you if you promise <laughs> promise me not to give the score of the Dallas-Tampa Bay game. And he goes, oh, I usually do. I go, he goes, okay, I won't. I said, thank you. So the game ends. We're walking out. I've hid from it, going uh-huh. home to watch the game. And yeah. the guy says to me, all I'll say is, and I'm like, and I'm oh, no. trying, before I can cover my ears, he goes, it's a great game. And I'm like, okay, thanks. I go. It was it was a great game, he said. So it was over. And Brian, I, the first thing that came to my mind, I had Tampa minus seven, and I knew the score was twenty eight to twenty six. So when he said it, I knew I lost, and I couldn't say anything to you because I knew it was going to spoil it. And you had the same feeling that you knew you knew that the game was a close game because of how he said it. And it right. was it was not. I mean, he was a nice guy. But he said it was a close game. It's a, it's a great game. And it I'm was like, a great game. It was, it a, was great a great game, game, he said. But but the whole point was, how do you not know I laid nine points? I didn't want it to be a great game. Yeah. I wanted you it didn't? to be an utter. I wanted it to be a. I didn't. I didn't even well, bet the game. I didn't. But but I mean, the guy kind of. <laughs> he, he I didn't want it. I didn't want it to be a great game. <laughs> I know when he said it was a great game. I was well, and we walked out. I said, well, I know, I know, Tampa didn't cover, and right. you said I won't. Kenny said I won't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I mean, he's a nice guy, but that's my own. Little no, but if a guy tells you not to say anything, then you can't say anything because Don't they say can anything. interpret right because they can yeah. interpret. What you what you do say? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's just someone who doesn't know the the gambling aspect of it. He wasn't thinking gambling whatsoever. He I was know. thinking as a fan, which 
Everybody gambles on these games. <laughs> well, you're right. We had this discussion yesterday, Kenny. And I would ask you this, the many, many years you're in, and you would, hey, listen, I moved to Las Vegas initially to work with Kenny. And the whole premise was at the Las Vegas Sports Consultants, this is 2005. I knocked on Kenny's door a couple of times. You know, he, he let me in. I don't know why. <laughs> he probably regrets it. But, but the point was, like, listen, who are the odds makers? How do they do it? I, mean, I'm, I come from a broadcasting background. I go, this is going to be you know, a mainstream thing. And it is amazing, Kenny. It's taken way longer than it should. But shows like this, shows that we started doing, look at the the myriad of shows, look at the network we're on. It's taken a lot of years, but, I mean, all the things we were hoping for have arrived. Yes, no doubt about it. I've been waiting for this for a long time, and, uh, you know, it's finally, yeah, you're right, it's blooming everywhere. Can't wait till it gets uh, sports betting is legal in every state. Uh, We'll finally get the world right in the right place and where they're supposed to be. Kenny, did you consider at all, having already laid the seven, taking the ten? I think there might have even been a ten and a half out there. I did not. Uh, the, the, just the numbers for me, eight and nine are you know about the same number. Ten, there is a little bit more value at ten. But uh, no, Steve, I was way too busy doing what I was doing and thought, you know, I got a good bet. I, th- I thought Tampa was going to win this game by a couple touchdowns. And almost to follow up on the question Steve asked and the question I had asked previously, so many new people, yes, people are betting, but now it's not a game or two. People are going to bet more because all the jurisdictions and things are opening and the convenience aspect of it. And that education uh, concept, Kenny, for new bettors, they've got to learn the vernacular, learn tried and true angles, and people will learn and grow along with this. And Jake, Stevie's question, like for you, at what point, as a general rule of thumb, maybe I guess in a football game, what what would be the thing that would prompt you to come back and try to middle something? I'm I'm still trying to figure out what the right percentage is. Um, you know, my dad told me 25 years ago he used to see people come back on games where we, we would lay seven and then take ten, and he would say. Anybody can take 10. A whole world can take 10 right now. But nobody can lay the seven. Why do you want to give that up? There's so much value in that seven. But sports, you know, it's a sub-zero, uh, it's a sub-zero investment, that, meaning it's all or nothing. And seven might be that, yeah, that's great value, and nobody can get it right now. But uh, it doesn't, it's not worth anything. It's not worth the paper it's written on once the game's over. All right. So can't give it, can't give it to I'm going to say, I'm going to say right now where I'm at basically is, yeah, I should have taken 10 uh, for about 20% of my wagers where I, I think about 20, 25% is the right number where you should look at, but you can't do it on every one. If I laid seven and it went to seven and a half, am I, am I doing it then? Maybe I should start looking at it. It's, it's the percentage value of me hitting a middle between seven and ten is probably a larger value. I still hate to give up too much of that minus seven bet because again, nobody could buy minus seven uh, the last two days before that game kicked off, unless you you know you bought bought a point and a half or two points. Interesting, good, really good information. Kenny White, KennyWhiteSports.com. The magazines are out there; they're available. Information you can use throughout the course of the year. Brand new website, all the goodies starting to rock and roll there. Uh, it's an exciting time of year. Kenny Jan has joined us on our weekend editions of Vegas Sportsbook Radio on the college and NFL front. And thanks to Mike Cardano, our good friend at uh, the Sports Grid Radio Network. We've got these shows. They're already up on the podcast platforms. Thanks to Chris Bavona, 
who puts everything together for us. By the way, just to keep Chris Pavona, our producer, on his toes, Kenny said the word, the phrase, sub-zero, right? Yes, I heard it. I'm thinking, and I, am I not mistaken, Chris, sub-zero. Wasn't he one of the bad guys? When is he, wasn't he one of the stalkers that was chasing Schwarzenegger around in Running Man? I was thinking of Mortal Kombat. I think Sub-Zero. Remember the ice guy on skates when he was chasing Schwarzenegger? I remember that, too. I think his name was Sub-Zero. I remember nothing. (laughs) Uh, Remember to stick around. We'll be right back, Doug. Winning Edge benefit number 27. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You gotta play David Allen Coe. I'm telling you, greatest country song. You never move. Call me by it's, my name. This is also from Crazy Heart. I only watched the first half of the movie. I got it on the DVR. This is uh, Colin Farrell's song, "Gong Gong Gong." Oh, oh, he was the star, and he was, and Jeff Bridges was the aging guy who was the backup to him, kind of thing. Yeah. Right. Sort of. I was like Conway. The plot away. I was like the Conway Con- Twitty songs that had those double entendres in them, right? Conway Twitty's hair oh, fantastic. was like Ryan Fitzpatrick's beard. <laughs> I mean, you could hide a turkey leg in there. That was epic moss. <laughs> that was I, fantastic. I mean, that had to be Brill Cream. Oh, yeah. And center. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And then and then he he grew some epic uh, mustaches and Great, and uh, Chops. Great songs. Conway Twitty, Loretta Lynn, when they hooked up. There's a great duo. Brian Blessing, speaking of great duos. How about that? <laughs> Steve, your ears pretty good. Brian Blessing, Stevie yeah. Slapshot. We're glad to be with you. We're thrilled Kenny White's with us. Chris Bavona, our producer, is back in New York. Hey, Kenny, we'll come back to the NFL in, in a moment, but how about early takes on what you've seen in college football? We'll look at some of the games tonight. But so much unknown Transfer portals, all the things we've talked about, you're great with your power ratings and your adjustments. Can you, generally speaking, say, it was just another year, or have the adjustments in the power ratings because of the transfer portals? And I know, believe me, I know you take great pride in your work, but because of the transfer portals, did you feel that there it was more volatile in terms of adjustments that needed to be made through basically a couple of weeks of the season. Yeah, that, though the you know, major adjustments with the transfer portal players coming in, and I'm still I'm still searching through it and looking through it to make sure I get, I have everybody on every every roster. Uh, there was a quarterback the other day that I have a magazine and I didn't write his name down, but he's on one team in my magazine and he started for another team <laughs> his first week. He decided he didn't transfer until. Uh, July or August, decided to transfer and uh, was going to be a second-string quarterback somewhere, and he decided he didn't want to be second-string, and now he's a first-stringer. I didn't write the player's name down, but uh, there's probably several others like that I'm still searching through. It's funny. It's it's early in the season. It's a big number. We got a game tonight. We got Coastal Carolina, a really good football team. It's a big balloon number. They're laying 26-and-a-half, and the total on the game is 52 
Kansas hasn't won a football game since Moses wore short pants. And Leopold's their new coach. They get a win over South Dakota. You know, it's ugly. They get a win, and the fans bum rush the field. Is this actually a letdown spot for Kansas, or do they feel like they're playing with house money? Yeah, yeah, it's. I I don't think it's a letdown for them. Uh, They know what they're up against. I think they know the point spread too. That they're twenty-seven point underdogs. So, Uh, yeah, amazing to to finally get a win. This program is down in the dumps, and we'll see where they go from here. But Coastal Carolina is the real deal. Uh, they've, they've got two solid quarterbacks. They're, both quarterbacks are better than anything Kansas can roll out there, but their offensive line and defense are spectacular. This is a top-20 football team, uh, very well coached. Uh, look at their name, Jamie Chadwell. Two years, uh, his first year he was 5-7, and seven, and last year he put together an 11-1 and one season. The only loss, three points to Liberty in the bowl game, and he returns almost everybody from that club. The other game of that I'm looking at tonight and you know, we're looking at big spreads, but opportunities nonetheless. And you've got Boise state laying 25 and a half, 26 points against UTEP. Now Boise played an interesting game with UCF and it got away from them, but they were able to score some points and UTEP, you know, okay. We know New Mexico state's pretty brutal, but UTEP is able to put some points up on the board I think, you know, I get it. Boise State maybe takes it out on UTEP, but I think UTEP can score a little bit, and I like the over in the game, Kenny. And I'm encouraged because looking at your magazine and the projection uh, you had put out uh, you know, for this game, I mean, you, you, you've got Boise State uh, winning this game from a while ago, 43-13. to 13. Basically, it's right on the total. I think if I was going to make a mini adjustment, I think UTEP can score a little bit. And, and I think maybe to get this comfortably into the 60s. Yeah, the total's right there, but a 30-point spread. It does scare me a little bit. Andy Avalos, uh, first-year head coach. Uh, it shows, I think, if it was an experienced head coach, Boise probably pulls the upset at Central Florida. They had the lead most of the game. Uh, they they got outcoached down the, down the stretch. Uh, Boise plays Oklahoma State next. They host them. Uh, this may be a little bit of a sandwich game for, for the Broncos, so I, I worry about that a little bit. Uh, UTEP, you're right, though, not a very dangerous football team, uh, not a lot of weapons, a team that uh, has been uh, had a losing record for a long, long time, 9-47 and 47 straight up the last five years, and 22-33 and 33, uh, covering the spread. So not only are they bad, they don't win, they don't cover point spreads either. They're the Baltimore Ravens of college football right now, too. They're, they're number one running back, Deion Hankins. He's out with a shoulder injury. The number two running back, Quadris Wadley, he hasn't been practicing undisclosed, so they could be down to their third-string quarterback for this game. Good stuff there. I got two guys that could fill in. They got Ronald Ronald, Ronald Watt and uh, Ronaldo Flores. Both have good size, and uh, both are both are redshirt seniors, so they have experience. They've been in the program. They've played before. Watt actually had 190 rushing yards last year and averaged 4.5 yards a carry. So not a big drop-off from a team who, it's again, running backs a dime a dozen. They're a dime a dozen here at UTEP. Okay. What do you make of a high-profile game, one of the deals that we talk about, a West Coast team going east and you know, basically playing kind of a breakfast football game on their body clock 
you got Oregon at Ohio State. Ohio State showed some grit and determination, resilience, bouncing back to beat Minnesota. But these are two ranked teams, Kenny. That's a big number. What do you make it at? Yeah, it is a big number. And and Oregon's best player, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, uh, is probably not going to play. And, Brian, I've got a big difference with him out of the lineup. Uh, 1.9 points I have. Uh, just player for player with Thibodeau, but then he's he's also his his high power rating has helped push up their run defensive rate and their pass defensive rate because he's on the defensive line he stops the run, but he also puts pressure on the quarterback to help the pass defense in the secondary. So that's almost another full point. He's almost a three point player, one of the most valuable players in all of college football. Uh, so. This game right now, I've got this game, Ohio State 13-and-a-half without Thibodeau in the lineup, and I think that's a solid number. I have no play on the game, but I will be interested to see. You mentioned the early start for Oregon, and we've discussed this so many times. It's the circadian clock and the body rhythm that you're in, and, and there's certain times of the day where your body functions better than others. And this is a bad time for Oregon early in the morning like this, but I always do say, those type of things affect bad teams a lot more than they affect good teams. Bad teams use that as excuses. Good teams will not use any element as an excuse. So we'll see if Mario Cristobal's team is mentally disciplined. We'll know right away if Ohio State jumps out early. This could be a behind-the-woodshed game. You know, there's a team, you know, we see a lot on national TV now, on the CBS Sports Network, on Saturday, we see Army on TV all the time, and people start to gravitate, and you start a team you can watch and follow along. You know, you try to get a read on them. I would say this, Kenny, I misread them out of the gate, and I'm wondering, was this a team that maybe you made some pretty big adjustments on? Army, their defense was good last year, and they were unbeaten at home last year. They, take to, they took the woodshed with them, to use your word, and beat a pretty decent, I believe, Georgia State team. Now they're laying five and, at, five and a half at home to Western Kentucky. Did you make a big adjustment on Army? Yeah, I did. They were a team I was worried about. I thought I may have a too, too low of rating on Army. And, you know, I don't like to be knee-jerk, but I was here because I hate to be wrong on, on the military academies because they're so disciplined. I raised them three and a half points. The thing they did to Georgia State, and I had a good bet against uh, – I had a good bet on Georgia State – uh, but I also had a good bet on Marshall over over Navy, and the biggest reasons why those these two teams, Georgia State and Marshall, had weeks and weeks and weeks of preparation time to stop the triple option. And when you do, and you play assignment football and you're disciplined, uh, that triple option doesn't go anywhere. I don't care what you say. But in this game, Georgia State was was ready enough for it, but not enough for it. So Army was able to gain three, four yards a clip, and they were able to run the clock and put long drives together and completely frustrate Georgia State in this game. The time of possession was so completely out of whack that Georgia State was out of whack themselves because of that. When, when a team goes 15 plays, 80 yards, and scores a touchdown and takes 11 minutes off the clock, you want to go out there and do something in a hurry, and you know, all of a sudden it's a three and out and you're punting, and here goes Army again, another seven, eight-minute drive, and you're never on the field. You never have time to gain any uh, any continuity or any any timing with your players, and that's what happened in this game. So we'll see, we'll see how Army prepares. I was down on the military academies, guys, 
because they're they're what well, they didn't bring back super seniors. So the military academies had less experience. All three of them did than any other teams in the in the in the country because they just don't do that. That's not part of their thing. All right, I'm curious. This is a, maybe an off the wall game. Toledo and Notre Dame. But let me just ask you here, Kenny. You know Toledo plays Norfolk State, and you know they light them up. And the MAC is a conference. You get some decent teams, some sneaky good teams that come out of there. Notre Dame laying 17 points at home. Coming off a thriller, uh, in, honestly, an overtime game that I do believe Norville lost the game as opposed to – I think he, they, he had him on the ropes and got conservative at the end, and Florida State could have beaten Notre Dame. And I know the disparity in talent here, but A, they played overtime. You're fresh in a new season, you know, maybe tougher to recover from a game like that. And the emotional letdown, you know, what kind of value do you put on that I know the ratings you have on the two teams, but knowing how that last game was played by Notre Dame, personally, do you put a little mini shade on it? Yeah, a little bit. You definitely do because the the overtime game is obviously it's it's such an emotional win. Well, anytime overtime games, even when you lose, it's an emotional loss because it was such a big game because it was overtime. And then you also got to look at the schedule. They do play Purdue next, which is a big rivalry in Indiana. Uh, Notre Dame may not treat it as much as Purdue does, but still a rivalry. This could be a look-ahead game. I always think that Brian Kelly is a guy that his teams don't – they play to the level. I I feel like they play to the level. They play so many non-conference games because they're not in a conference other than last year. And they get everybody's best best shot, too. Yeah, they do. They do get everybody's best shot. But uh, last year – see – Last year uh, in a conference, finally he went eight and one, um, uh, but just four, uh, four and five ATS. All right, we're going to come back and wrap up this hour of Vegas Sportsbook Radio with Kenny White. Stevie's got an injury note. That was a great job with us on the injury front at the end of our first hour. And a little injury news coming out of the NFL that we'll share with you. Invite you to keep it right here, Sirius Channel two hundred four, and along the sports. Grid Radio Platforms. Keep it right here. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. No network. Taking you to the top of the hour, hour number one, Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Chuck Esposito will join us from Station Casinos in our second hour, racing to the weekend. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot, Kenny White still with us. Stevie always hooks us up with injury news and notes at this point of the program. And as a result of something that happened in the game last night, breaking news in the NFL? Yeah, well, for those of you that watch, you remember Michelle Tafoya saying that Michael Gallup went out with a calf strain, and I didn't think it was that serious. Uh, the Cowboys now reporting he's expected to miss three to five my weeks. Leg, my leg, my leg, That's my leg, significant. My leg. Yeah, I mean, they, listen, Cooper and Lamb, but Gallup, you're worried about those two guys. Gallup was playing well. Yes, he, he was. was a, yeah, yes, he, he was, was kind of a favorite target. And we got to keep tabs on the Bucks secondary and see what that means. Kenny White's joining us heading to the weekend. He'll be on our weekend editions of college football and NFL versions of Vegas Sportsbook Radio. The information, as always, is spectacular. The magazines, the college and football power ratings magazines, information you can use all year long, and KennyWhiteSports.com. 
Kenny, people, uh, the best way for them to get the magazine and you got a brand new, the brand new newsletter, all the goodies. Yeah, go to KennyWhiteSports.com. Uh, you get the magazine still. Uh, it's shipped out two-day mail. Uh, or the PDF, you get it right away. And the newsletter, a great start to the newsletter week one. The headline was Utah State beats Washington State. I went out on the limb, and uh, the Aggies did not let me down. They had a great fourth quarter comeback to win it. Got another underdog that I think is going to win straight up in the newsletter this week. Hey, real quick, in that regard, when you, you know, what's the best approach if you got a, a barking dog, a percentage on the play, and then it, when do you sprinkle on the money line? Yeah, I'm usually about uh, 15, 20% sprinkle on the money line if it's a uh, medium type play for me, which is like a one unit play. If I got a larger play on the game, I will put a little bit more on the money line and uh, could almost have about a half of the unit if it's that big of a play. Awesome. Outstanding info, Kenny. Always appreciate your time. Have a wonderful weekend. Enjoy the first full week of the NFL. We'll talk up soon. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having the, fl- the show flew by today. Have a great weekend, everybody. Yeah, it does. Time flies when you're having fun. So much fun. I think we should do another hour, Stevie. Let's do it. What do you think? Yeah, man. Let's do it. Series 204 and the Sports Good Radio Network.